Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're here. This is probably the most fun part of fantasy football when it comes to in-season stuff, and that's trades. Right. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. A uh, few guys that we're looking to buy, a few guys we're looking to sell, and we are headed straight into week five. Uh, I see the comment section's already going crazy with a bunch of uh, potential trades that they're trying to make, and, and we'll get to a bunch of questions uh, in the chat, in the live chat here as we go on. Uh, but, uh, but Zach, how's it going, man? Everything good? Yeah, everything's good. It's interesting. You know, I actually had a little bit of trouble coming up with buys and sells because you know, kind of what we expected happened for the most part. I mean, you know, besides Geno Smith popping off, but I'm not really worrying about trading him, trading for him or away just yet. Um, that's just an example. But interesting week heading into this week. Uh, should be should be a good one. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, so we had we had some buys, some sells to talk about, um, and, and we'll get to some stuff in the chat, like we said. Um, but there hasn't been a whole lot of news outside of Jonathan Taylor. There's still, we're still not sure if he's going to end up playing on Thursday night. Um, if he does, he's going to be in my lineup. I'm rolling him out there. If he doesn't, you know, just have have another option ready just in case Jonathan Taylor does not go. If I had to guess, I, I'm going to guess that he doesn't play uh, just so that he's right for the week for the following week. But like, if, if he does, you know, if he does play. You know, I have him in your life. Naheem Hines, I think we'll get a bump here. I, I don't think I would really reach down and play Philip Lindsay because, you know, Frank Reich did say that Philip Lindsay would be the guy who would get some carries, you know, behind Naheem Hines. And I just don't think I would I would reach down and, and play Naheem and play Philip Lindsay unless you're in like a 14 team league and you like really need to run it back badly. And he's all that's available on waivers. Um, so, so yeah. So, like, Naheem Hines, I think, would be like a, you know, low end RB2 this week with upside, uh, especially specifically in PPR leagues. Okay. And I think that's really it. You know, there's a few guys who are going to appear on the practice on the injury report today. Today is Wednesday. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would kind of like, you know, antennas up a little bit if somebody's not practicing, but don't worry about it. Uh, just kind of make sure that going into Thursday, you monitor the practice reports. That's really when you want to start paying attention. Um, 
let's get into it, man. Let's get into some buys yep. and sells. And you know, the the first one of the first guys that I had here might be surprising to a lot of people who listen to the podcast, uh, and that's Gabe Davis. Yeah, and, that, that one I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, and, and and honestly, the reason why I'm okay like buying Gabe Davis right now is because he's just really affordable, right? And yeah, you're not gonna get a return on his ADP. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, you know, because he was being drafted, you know, fourth, fifth round, uh, pretty early, especially best ball. Uh, but even in season long drafts, you know, we've seen him go that early now, you know, granted, you know, he didn't do anything this year, this year so far, right? Like that first week, you know, he had a big, uh, you know, a decent game, but he's never had a decent target share that we can point to so far this year. Right now we could point to his injury as a potential uh, you know, it's potentially why he hasn't been able to perform, but he's running around on every single one of Josh Allen's dropbacks. So he's not extremely, you know, not healthy, right? He can at least run around. I mean, if he was banged up, you would think that they would at least run somebody out there. But, you know, looking at their depth chart, are they really going to rotate in Jake Kumro, who was also banged up? Are they really going to rotate these other guys for Gabe Davis? I don't think so. So, mm. At this point, he is their full-time starter opposite Steph Diggs. He's going to have his big games, right? And the fact that, you know, he didn't get it done over the first four weeks of the season, that means those those games are going to be coming at some point, right? He's going to yeah. have those blow-up games. And, you know, I know that, you know, we, we don't want to live with the games that he's had over the past couple of weeks, you know, because, you know, straight up, like, it just kills your lineup, right? When he's in there, he doesn't do anything. Uh, he hasn't yeah. earned the target share. And I don't think he's going to end up being a high target share earner. He just might not be that guy. However, this is a great offense, and he's going to have that blow-up game uh, at some point uh, because he's playing with Josh Allen. High octane passing volume offense. Uh, and we know he's somewhat talented, right? Last year, when he was on the field, he was getting his targets, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, We just didn't have a huge sample size of that. Um, but going forward, I think as of this moment, He's so he's so affordable that if I'm looking for some some upside uh, and I need a wide receiver, I think that a lot of people are done with Gabe Davis at this point. Yeah, and you could probably get him really cheap. You know, we're experiencing an extended lull. You know, this is kind of what we expected. We knew there would be weeks where he really didn't perform. We knew he was going to be hit or miss, boom, bust, that type of receiver. But we're we've had three weeks in a row now. I mean, granted, the one was with injury. He hasn't produced for you, even if whether he's on the field or not. And you talk about maybe it's his injury. I don't think it's his injury because I don't see why they'd have him on running a route for 100% of snaps if he was injured. If he's being hampered by some type of injury, why would they keep him on there and potential to aggravate it um, even when they're not throwing him the ball? You know, he's running the routes. It's it's not, I don't think, an injury. I think it's just him suffering from what you kind of pinpointed at the beginning of the season and over the offseason that his target share is not 100% there. And if you don't hit on those targets, which we know his targets tend to be deep passes and, um, you know, all those flashy plays, he hasn't had those yet. So we're seeing limited production from him and panicking, which makes sense. You know, his we knew that this was coming. Like we said, the target share wasn't there. And we're feeling the effects of that right now. He's definitely going to have his games. But where you might have been a little bit more confident in his volume at the beginning of the season, we don't have that confidence anymore. We now see him truly as a home run hit or miss where I was thinking maybe before, you know, he might've earned himself some more targets in the offense after that performance in the AFC. Was it the championship or the divisional round? It was the divisional round. Um, I thought maybe he would have earned some more targets 
that clearly isn't the case. I, and whether that's his fault or not, um, that's up for debate. Isaiah McKenzie did come in. He's been showing up. Uh, he is a little banged up now, so we'll see how things go there. But it's been disappointing to start with Gabe Davis, but I think better days are definitely ahead. And if you could buy him low, I mean, you can't get much lower than where he's at right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. Uh, but yeah, so, I, you know, I think at this point, he's so cheap that you just just see see what you can get him for, right? You might be able to, you got some guys in your bench that, you know, you could maybe throw in your lineup, the guys who've been producing, you know, you might want to just throw an offer at Gabe Davis if you need some somebody who can spike your starting lineup, right? Because... Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're looking for guys who can win you weeks. And and Gabe Davis is one of those guys, just that how often is he going to end up doing it, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the only question at this point. But after one quarter of the season underway, I, I think I think it's worth buying him just because of his price right now. Let's hit one of these questions in the chat before we get to the next one. Brian's asking, are, are we selling Najee in Dynasty? Um, I personally would not sell Najee in Dynasty right now. I, I think he's just in a pretty shitty situation. You know, yeah. from the foot injury that he's had uh, to the offense not being too great right now, uh, to him not being a efficient back right now, and then you have Jalen Warren, you know, taking some snaps away too. You know, so like this is this is a, a you know a period for me where I'm I'm holding Najee in Dynasty. Um, you know, am I buying him? You know, I was never a huge Najee guy. Like he was never an efficient back. Even in college, he wasn't too efficient. Coming in his first league in the NFL, first uh, year in the NFL, he wasn't too efficient. He just got a ton of volume. But he is one of those guys who's proven that he can handle volume. You know, and I think that will continue. I think you might have a couple more years of Najee Harris being that bell cow type of back in him it's just that you know right now <laughs> there's so much negativity surrounding him that no i would not sell him in dynasty uh just just hold him for now this offense could potentially get better you know with kenny pickett you know under center and even next year you know him having a full off season and you know still having the weapons right uh we'll see yeah. what, what's up with deontay johnson but you know he got that contract he should be there you know you got george uh george pickens going into his second year who knows what Clay, where, where Claypool is going to be at? But you know he has the weapons. This is going to be you know an improved offense most likely. Hopefully they shore up that offensive line a little bit. Uh, right now, not a good time to sell Najee. Personally. Yeah, you look you look you look at the Steelers' offense. You know, it's not a very good offense right now, but it definitely has the potential to be. I think they're suffering from a lot of turnover at the quarterback position since Big Ben left, and that's to be expected. Um, Najee's just like you said in a bad situation. It's a bad offense right now, but on paper, I think they're very good. I mean, if Kenny Pickett can be a quality starter for them, you know, they have Chase Claypool, they have Deontay Johnson, they have George Pickens, they have Pat Frymuth. Like, there's no reason this offense can't be good. So to overreact and say maybe sell Najee and Dynasty, I I think after four games, it's a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's move on to the next buy that we have. I'm still buying Juju, man. Uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, on, I'm sorry, on Monday uh, after, after you know, we watched them on Sunday night. Um you know, he just had his third 20% plus target game from Patrick Mahomes, and he still hasn't scored a touchdown, right? And all of Kansas City's touchdowns are not going to go to Clyde Edwards Hilaire all season long, you know, with the amount of touches that he's getting. So this is going to be a big game coming for Juju. Um, you know, it's going to happen at some point. There's a blow up game going to come, uh, you know, so, you know, and he even got a little bit of air yards too. So, Yes, his his depth of target, you know, isn't as high as these other wide receivers in the league, but he's gonna he's gonna get peppered. Um, and it's still clear that he's 
Patrick Mahomes number one wide receiver. Uh, you know, it, once he gets into they get into more competitive games, Juju's going to have some better games here, right? And last yeah. week he didn't have to do much, right? Like they didn't have to throw the ball that much, um, and they could go safe because you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco they were able to rack up a ton of car- uh, ton of carries in that game because they just went up from the get. So uh, you know, moving forward, if you're looking for somebody who's cheap, because Juju's cheap right now. Like, no one is viewing yeah. him as this high-end guy at all. Uh, if you're looking for, like, a wide receiver three who could turn into a wide receiver two, I think he would be your guy to target right now. I, I think that's a good call. And it's weird because, you know, we're talking about Juju and he hasn't performed, you know, but he's gotten the targets. I think the Chiefs have been weirdly reliant on running backs. You know, we looked at this running back room that they had going into the season at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. We saw... There might be a little uh, value there, a little opportunity there for somebody to step up. But like all of the running backs are stepping up right now, which is not what I expected at all. And that might be causing Juju Smith-Schuster to suffer a little bit. And maybe it's the running backs, like you said. They've been in, in um, positive game script pretty much the whole season. Um, and that might cause the running backs to get more work. You know, they don't have to be throwing it downfield all the time. Juju's just a guy out there right now. But um, yeah, I think you're right. They get in more competitive games. They have a game against Las Vegas which is a good matchup for them on paper, but it could end up being close because we know it's a divisional game. And then they follow that with Buffalo and San Francisco. Um, this next three-week stretch before the bye, you know, we could see Juju uh, take off a little bit and, and you know, he could provide the value that we, we were looking for when we drafted in the season. Um, his value is low right now, definitely. So you could take advantage of that. We've been talking about Juju, you know, for the past few weeks like this because the volume has been there and there's no, nothing's changed. It's the same situation. Until he has that big game, just keep buying. I'm with you, man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We got another question here from Henry Hughes. It's a great name, by the way. Uh, what is Godwin's value right now? Um, Godwin's value right now is higher, is lower than it should be. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's another guy that I'll be looking to acquire uh, based on what how he looked last week. You know, he got a little shaken up, but he came right back into the right back into the game. Looks like his hamstring injury is over uh, at this point and he should be good to go. So if you're looking at what he did last week, I'm pretty sure he had like a near full rap participation. If I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at my spreadsheet right here. Um, let's see. Godwin. Yeah. He ran almost as many routes as he only ran four less routes than Mike Evans. 85 yeah. percent route participation. And I think he missed one or two of those passing down snaps. So, you know, because he got a little little nicked up. But he should be, you know, somebody that would be ranked as a wide receiver two every single week. Uh, you know, and he could be as high as a, a high and wide receiver two. This Bucks offense has not shined yet. And, you know, he's at a, you know, this offense entirely can be bought low on it. Mike Evans was able to do his thing. Chris Godwin still got his targets. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had a pretty high, you know, 18% target share, nine targets. Uh, that's pretty solid for his first game back. So I would expect him to do to do some things. He looks good. You know, I, I wasn't 
overly into Chris Godwin this year because of him coming back from the ACL injury and because, you know, and, and, you know, that hamstring injury could have been related to that because it did seem like they were kind of rushing him back a little bit, mm-hmm. but it seems like they gave him enough time at this point going into week five. I think he's somebody that if you're looking for some receiver help, I think he is good. Uh, some of, some of that I I'll be looking to acquire uh, if I need some, you know, high end wide receiver to help. I think that's a really good spot, a really good target. You know, Godwin, we talked about his value. His value right now, you know, he's asking, what's Godwin's value right now? Um, it's very low. And like you said, you know, that's a buy low territory. We know what Godwin can be. We know he has a tendency to, you know, be nicked up, be a little bit injury prone. But when he's on the field, you know, he's getting it done. I mean, obviously against Dallas in the opener, we did kind of feel like they rushed him back. And he, we saw that happen. He left pretty early. He only got three targets. But he comes back and plays almost pretty much the full game against Kansas City, and he gets his 10 targets. Um, that looked Chris Godwin-esque, at least from what we've seen. So I, I like Chris Godwin as a buy low, definitely. There's no reason that you should have to pay very much for him at all. You know, he did have a decent week this week. But, you know, you look at him on paper, it's nothing that's going to be way out there that you're not going to be able to afford. He's affordable. He might be just a little bit more pricey than maybe a Gabe Davis, but he's still very much in the realm of possibility to acquire. You don't have to spend any of your quality players for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And even if you do have to spend, you know, a quality player here and there, like it's not bad because I think he'll come through. As long as yeah. he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be Tom Brady's you know, slot receiver. And, you know, he would he's going to continue to do his thing. And we saw that, you know, that's who he's going to favor right now. Um, and, you know, Cameron Brate, you know, was being targeted at a high rate from Tom Brady before, uh, you know, before he went out with the concussion. And it seems like they bo- <laughs> NFL botched that one, too. Yeah, I digress. But, <laughs> you know, this week, it looks like Chris Godwin could have a potential blow up game because a lot of those targets that were going Cameron Brate's way, he might not play this week. Right. And, you know, we might see a very extremely tight target distribution between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then after this game, if he blows up, you're not going to be able to acquire Chris Godwin, this, you know, at the same at the same price. Okay, right. Like we say, like like the, like the great, you know, uh, Fat Joe has said, today's price is not yesterday's price. Yeah. OK. And it's not that's, that might not be the case for Chris Godwin moving forward. All it, right? it, it's a lot to do with timing with fantasy football trades. It, it's, you have to. But obviously, you know, just like in the stock market, buy low, so high. Um, but yeah, 100%. Timing yeah. is everything. For sure. Uh, another guy I want to buy right now is Darren Waller. Uh, if you're in tight end purgatory, Waller should be your target if you want one of those t- top five tight ends, right? Um, he had two down weeks, and you might be able to take advantage before, you know, a good matchup, right, and a shootout against Kansas City, right? And, right. and this is one of those situations where, you know, Darren Waller, he had a couple tough matchups with the last two weeks. And, you know, his target share, you know, wasn't too high. His target share, you know, looking at 17% last week. So still solid, actually. So week four, 17% target share, still pretty solid. And Devonta mm-hmm. Adams ended up with a 43% target share, uh, but pretty good. 16% target share in week three, not so great. But in week two, 23% target share, and that was with all their guys healthy, and then 18% target share in week one. So I think, you know, Darren Waller, you know, we know what his talent is like. He just got that deal. I think more targets will start moving towards Devonta Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and not Matt Collins. I think, you know, Matt Collins, he's got some targets, but I do think that the targets are going to start, you know, kind of evenly distributing or at least being – I think the targets are going to be tightly distributed between Adams and Waller first, 
then Hunter Renfro, then Matt Collins. I think that's going to correct itself. So if you're looking for a high-end tight end and you're, you're, you're in a situation where you don't know what tight end to start, I would start, I would start to try to put deals together for Darren. Yeah, I think that's 100% fair. Um, you look at his production, you know, it hasn't been awesome, but even when his production hasn't been awesome, he's been a serviceable tight end for you, unlike other tight ends that we've seen, you know, they're on or they're <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, they're either they're either on or off. Darren Waller, even though he's not necessarily he doesn't have the upside that he had maybe like two years ago when he had that breakout game, especially with Devontae Adams and the offense, he still has upside for you and a solid floor relatively because of the targets that he's getting and the talent that he has. Um, you can't really go wrong. He has five points in back-to-back weeks, which is kind of an outlier, I think. You look at the way they've been using Matt Collins, just because Matt Collins has been, you know, putting a, a, a what's it called? A glass, an eyeglass on Devontae Adams' usage and maybe the lack of usage for Devontae Adams. It doesn't mean it doesn't affect Darren Waller, too. They run them in very similar ways on offense. Darren Waller should be in line for more volume, or if, at the very least, if not more volume, higher quality volume against Kansas City. It'll probably be a shootout. Um, and you don't want to base it all on one week, but Darren Waller's been underproducing for what we expected for him so far this season, and you could buy him low now. Um, he he he's regardless, even if you don't buy, if you have him, I, I wouldn't be looking to like sell him or anything. Uh, you know, he he's a solid player that'll get it done for you at the tight end position because as we know, um, outside of the top five or six, there's not much there. Exactly. Exactly. So I, if I were you, if I'm looking for a tight end, he would be my main target right now because I think you can. he could be somewhat affordable. If you have a tight end who's been overproducing over the past couple of weeks, you might want to take a look at Darren Waller. You know, um, Now, if you have Gerald Everett, yeah. um, would you be trading Gerald Everett plus something for Darren Waller? Of course. Yeah. Right? I feel like you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, that, that seems like a, a, a pretty good combination like if i had gelled ever right now you know he's somebody i'm actually looking to sell by the way uh mm-hmm. you know it, it, he's actually on my was he on my sell list i have no idea yeah he, he was yes, on my sell list. okay there you go so you know keenan allen he's coming back soon there might be less targets to go around for everett right whose rap participation by the by the way is not eclipsing 70 percent. it's been 70 percent or lower every single week he kind of wanted to be around 80 85 at least uh for a tight end and and Donald Parham, he's going to be coming back soon, potentially this week. You never know. Maybe he starts getting involved. And we saw what they did last year with that tight end position where, you know, you never know who was going to run more routes than who. I would assume that's continued is I would assume that's going to continue to be Everett running the most routes uh among that, you know, within that tight end room. But you never know. This that route participation could go down. He just had the touchdown. He just had the big game. So I might go ahead and try to package him up a little bit add a little bit something to it and then try to get Darren Waller yeah I think that's a fair way to look at it um this is the way I see it you know Gerald Everett has been producing despite maybe not having the target share or route participation that we like and Darren Waller's been underproducing despite seeing the target share and route participation that we like so something's got to give one's going to regress to the mean the other might get back to where they should be based on the usage and that's kind of been our argument with a lot of players recently it's no the usage is what matters especially if they're underperforming i I see darren waller as that type of player um if you can move gerald everett for darren waller it's going to benefit you in the long term even though gerald everett you know he's not a bad play it's not like he's a bad player he's still going to have his weeks but darren waller is a much better overall player than gerald everett like we said the Chargers are missing a few guys yet, and that might be contributing a bit to his success, Gerald Everett's, in the offense right now. 